Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope, Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl. Welcome to ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. Today's program is about acceptance and commitment, how acceptance and commitment therapy can be used for people who are experiencing what we call psychosis. And in particular, people who are distressed by hearing voices that others don't hear. Remember the act has three main components. Accept, choose, and take action. Today's program will discuss just what psychosis is and what it is not. What is it about hearing voices that frightens people? We're going to learn about how ACTS can help people to open up to these experiences and see them for what they are, and at the same time, put their energy into living a vital life together with these voices or experiences. Today, we have our guest, Dr. Joe Oliver. He's a clinical psychologist in London working within an early intervention uh, for psychosis service. And this is a part of the South London and Maudsley NHS Foundation Trust. So Joe, together with his colleagues, are about to publish an edited book on acceptance and commitment therapy and mindfulness for psychosis. And that's due early this coming year. It's being published by Wiley Blackwell. The link to this book will be on this week's program on ACT Taking Hurt to Hope on webtalkradio.net. You can also read more about Joe Oliver on his website, which you can find if you click on um, Joe Oliver's name on this program. So I welcome you, Joe. Thank you, Joanne. It's uh, nice to be here. Joe, you know, I have a personal experience about psychosis, and uh, it's from my own grandmother, uh, who, during while I was growing up, she was constantly hearing and talking to uh, a voice that no one else heard. And, you know, growing up, this was really no problem that uh, she was talking to this voice. um, but the problem was that uh, because people got very scared about her hearing voices, she actually was sent away regularly to, uh, you know, a state mental hospital and give, given very scary treatments, um, like electric shock treatments and heavy medication. And so for for me as a child, um, this it was the treatment of my grandmother uh, that was traumatic, not the actual voices. Is it? Is that something that's changed for people who hear voices? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and thankfully, things have changed a lot in recent years. Um, in the past, psychosis is something that's probably not very well understood, and as a result, probably something that's quite often feared. 
and it was commonly happened that people were taken away from their family um, and from the people that supported them without actually a lot of consideration about whether this was what they really needed or whether this was the best thing to do or not. Uh, but these days, uh, we know a lot more about psychosis, and that perhaps it's not perfect, but certainly things uh, have improved a lot over the last 10 or 15 years. And and that that's something that I really want to hear more about in our listeners. So tell me, Joe, how did you get interested in working with people who are suffering from psychosis? Well, I've been working uh, with people with psychosis for actually most of my adult life. Uh, I started out working as a support worker in New Zealand, where I'm from, uh, working alongside people who had been living in psychiatric institutions for a long time. And part of my role then uh, was to support and empower them to live more independent lives, uh, to get their lives back on track. And in a lot of ways, that's exactly what I do these days, the same kind of thing today. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel, feel really strongly about doing this. Something that's really important. Why, why is it important, Joe? Well, people with psychosis are probably some of the most stigmatized people in the world and society today. Uh, they're people that often have their civil liberties ignored, uh, often marginalized and excluded from society. Uh, they're often laughed, uh, laughed at. People fear them. Uh, but actually, mostly in my experience, as a group of people, they tend to be uh, most misunderstood uh, and, as a result, often don't have a very strong voice in society, uh, although, thankfully, this is starting to change a little bit. So we could, you could say, Joe, then, that you give them a voice by, by uh, being an advocate for and helping people understand, and I hope this program it will also contribute to that. Yeah, that would be good. I'd hope so. Um, and I, I hope that's what's what's happening. Uh, it is what's happening in in recent times. Is uh, uh, different interventions, uh, different psychosocial interventions, are, are really starting to help people, like ACT, and helping to humanize people who've experienced uh, things like psychosis. Okay, so let's start out, Joe, by um, give us an explanation of what psychosis is and what it's not. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a good good place to start. Um, so the word psychosis, it gets uh, mixed up often with all sorts of words like uh, I hear things like psycho and schizo, uh, psychopath, uh, split personality, uh, other things that aren't very nice, crazy or nutter. Uh, but actually psychosis uh, is a, an umbrella term that refers to a whole range of different and, to be honest, quite often unusual experiences. Um, and these can include different things like uh, hearing voices, uh, things like uh, hallucinations, so seeing things that aren't actually there, uh, being paranoid, so for example, being very, very worried that other people are out to get you or do you harm. Um, one of the things I think that, that people with psychosis tell me is that actually these experiences can be very, uh, very vivid and very real, uh, as real as anything else that you and I would see. Uh, and both at the same time, they can be quite interesting, engaging experiences, uh, but oftentimes uh, can be incredibly scary as well. Okay, so so the scary part, Joe, uh, uh, so a person hears or sees things that other people don't, you know, hear and see. Uh, mm -hmm. Is it, and and they and maybe react with fear that they're frightened. Uh, so how how do people deal with that fear? 
Yeah. So, well, understandably, uh, people do their best to make sense of this experience. Uh, that's what people do. They'll look to try and understand these experiences and will come up with explanations that are very reasonable. Uh, so commonly, uh, people come up with uh, spiritual explanations. So, for example, it's, it, it, maybe it's the voice of God that is it's talking to them. Uh, they may come up often with uh, explanations that are based on technology. Uh, someone's put a chip in my brain. Uh, it's through this that I'm hearing these voices. Uh, and alongside this, all these other uh, experiences, people often, uh, as a result, often have other symptoms. Uh, they may be slow down in their thinking a little bit. They may sometimes be quite muddled in how they think. Uh, and then also experience and have problems with things like anxiety and depression as well. So let me see if I if I can if I understand this. Um, uh, people are one thing is that they're actually experiencing extra extraordinary type of experiences, like seeing someone who's not there or hearing people who are not other people don't hear. So, mm. so that's the, on the one hand, and then and then they try to make sense of it mm -hmm. by by um, looking for an explanation. So that's like a another part of. And these explanations can sound pretty, um, maybe way out as well. Mm -hmm. But but actually, they're trying to make sense of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and doing what uh, what what anyone in that situation would do uh, when faced with what's quite an unusual, scary experience or experiences very vivid and real. Yeah. Is it is it always um, is the experience always negative? I mean, do that people interpret tend to interpret it as negative or? Actually, that's a good point. Uh, no, not always. Um, and a, a lot of people who have these experiences actually don't come into contact with uh, mental health services or would ever go and see someone like myself. Um, so it's, it's quite common that these experiences can be quite positive uh, and, and engaging experience and it can add a sense of richness and vitality to people's lives. Also, I think important to say, uh, in my experience, people with psychosis – uh, can be some of the most uh, creative, spiritual, empathic, and thoughtful people that I've met. Hmm. That's a good point. Um, so, Joe, uh, so we don't miss. Tell, tell us about what we know about the causes of psychosis. Yeah, that's a. It, there's a lot. There's. A, I think that's where a lot of our new understanding has come from. Um, we know a lot more than we did. Uh, but we know that psychosis tends to be caused by a whole range of things, uh, and that includes genes. Uh, there's a bit of, of our biological makeup that contributes, uh, but also all sorts of other experiences that we have in our lives. Uh, so traumatic experiences we know can, are really important. Things like uh, people have gone through childhood abuse, uh, stress, even current environmental factors like uh, social deprivation or poverty have all been found to be really important. Yeah. So, so Joe, if we continue, you know, to, to how, how this has been treated, if we go back to the case of my grandmother, uh, which she was given in the 50s and 60s, um, electric shock treatment and heavy medication. So how, how has that changed? Yeah. So back in the 50s and 60s, uh, medication and some quite heavy, as you say, uh, interventions were frontline uh, and largely out of people really doing their best to try and understand and, and work with uh, what they felt was often quite a distressing set of symptoms. So medication still does play a big role today. 
uh, and helping people with psychosis. But what we've seen is other, other things like psychological interventions and social interventions are really coming to the fore uh, as seen as absolutely vital in helping people recover and get their lives back on track again. Yeah. So this program is about ACT, and I know that you worked with you work with an ACT approach. So mm. let me see if I understand you correctly, Joe. Is it's it's not the actual symptom, the actual hearing the voices that would be in focus, but more about how the person is reacting to the experiences. Could you explain that? Yeah. So that's definitely important. How a person reacts and responds to this experience. Uh, and this, we know, it tends to be influenced by a whole range of things. Uh, so, for example, how uh, scary the experience is. Uh, how also, for example, how generally stressed the person is in their lives with other factors. Uh, whether or not they've got good family and friends around them to support them. If they've got a good job. Uh, perhaps if, maybe you can imagine the difference between, say, a person who has an experience like hearing the voice of God. Uh, they find it... Uh, is in some ways a useful experience. Uh, perhaps it doesn't actually interfere with their lives that much. Maybe culturally it makes sense to them. Uh, and maybe they have a good network of people around them who they can talk to about an open, open way about the experience. Um, so if you were to compare someone in that situation to, say, someone who was living alone, no support, uh, was really scared and threatened by the experience and was doing a lot to block out the experience. So... The actual experience itself might be really, really similar, but the different factors all combine together to perhaps determine how the person actually responds to that experience. Uh, it may be a, a more helpful way or perhaps a less helpful way. So, so Joe, what would be the most common ways that uh, people react uh, to experience of seeing and hearing things that others don't experience? Yeah, so people, in my experience, often get uh, pulled in uh, one or two ways. Uh, either they tend to get very drawn into the experience, uh, often because it's very uh, interesting, it's unusual, absorbing. So if you can imagine, say, the voice of God talking to you on a daily basis, it's going to pull, pull you in a bit. Um, and often as a result, people can end up stopping connecting with their lives. Um, the other, the other way of responding is that uh, people often end up getting into fights or struggles with the experience, often because it's really scary or threatening or very shameful. Um, and people can end up using a lot of mental and physical energy sometimes, fighting or avoiding situations uh, that might increase uh, the likelihood of experiencing these, these kind of uh, uh, psychotic symptoms. So, uh, so are, you, are you saying then that it's not really the experience itself that, uh, causes problems for people, but but rather it's their way of reacting, uh, which either if they're avoiding it or getting engaged, it's taking up their energy uh, and uh, taking them away from living a valued life. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So as an ACT therapist, I'm really curious about that, uh, is how the person responds and whether or not it does get in the way of them doing the things that are important to them. So a lot of the work is, is really asking people about those kind of questions. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about, if, if we get into the actual therapy, uh, mm. in ACT, uh, acceptance is a major uh, therapy component. So would you, when you say uh, ACT focuses on helping people to open up to their experience, is that what you mean by acceptance? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
we tend not to use the word acceptance. Uh, people with psychosis tell me they don't really like uh, that, that term acceptance. It sounds a little, uh, which is understandable, a little like uh, we're asking them to just tolerate it, uh, to give into it or give up. Uh, and actually what we're asking them to do is something quite different to that. Um, we're, we're helping people to, yeah, become more open to the experience, uh, particularly when fighting or struggling really gets in the way of them doing what's important. Uh, that's where we're really, really interested in. So we might use exercises to help people practice making room for the experience, uh, help them to, to notice the experience uh, in, in a better way. And sure, this can be really tricky because some of these symptoms can be pretty scary. Uh, so we, we'd like to go slow. We take our time. Uh, and what we're looking there to do is just add in maybe just really gently some different ways of being with these experiences, uh, some different ways of relating to them that perhaps aren't always about just uh, getting absorbed uh, or all about getting rid of symptoms in these experiences. Mm-hmm. So could you give us an example of a person that you've treated with ACT? Yeah, okay. Um, so... Uh, someone I work with, uh, someone called Tom, uh, he came to me um, looking for some help with distressing paranoia and voices he was experiencing. Uh, he was taking medication, uh, which is uh, is pretty common. And uh, also what was common was that the problems were still there and he was still being bothered by them. Uh, so he wanted some help with these experiences. Uh, he was particularly convinced that the uh, MI6, so that's like the uh, British CIA, uh, were monitoring him. And he thought that the voices he was hearing uh, were perhaps a result of transmitters uh, that uh, they had somehow planted on him. So, yeah, they might have on the surface seen quite strange beliefs that he was coming to me with. Uh, but essentially, they were Tom's a way of making sense of some quite unusual experiences. He's kind of just doing what any reasonable person would do in that kind of situation. Um, so my work was really not about challenging him on, on these experiences or beliefs, but helping him do more of uh, what he wanted to in life, uh, think about more of what was value uh, of value to him. Uh, and, and actually for Tom, he was really clear about what he wanted to do. Uh, he wanted to uh, return to work, mm-hmm. uh, and he'd worked as a gardener. Uh, and he also wanted to uh, improve his relationship with his partner. Um, a couple of things he both found really difficult uh, because of his anxiety and paranoia, and particularly about uh, going out and leaving the house. Mm-hmm. So we worked on helping him develop uh, some skills so he had a little more choice about what he was doing in his life. Uh, so that was the, the key focus of what we did. Uh, from that from the outset, he said um, that it was really helpful for him to be able to talk through what he was going through. Uh, he was perhaps a little surprised by uh, maybe my response. What was uh, your response? Um, well, I was uh, – it was a starting point, just really listened to him, validated what he was going through and uh, in terms of how he's responding to these experiences. Uh, he said afterwards he thought I was probably going to laugh at him. Uh, or work really hard to convince him that what he what was happening uh, wasn't going on, uh, but in in not doing that, he said that it helped him to to be more open to it, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to talk it through, and and also go go a little easier on himself as he was going through this experience. Mm-hmm. So we did a uh, 
uh, a lot of practical things to help them practice uh, different ways of being with these experiences, maybe being more uh, noticing uh, in a mindful way uh, and helping them maybe to not engage with them quite so much. Uh, and that was helping them to ease off on ruminating and thinking a lot about the experiences uh, and, and doing more of the things that were important to him. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, one of the things he wanted to do was to go shopping mm-hmm. uh, so he could contribute uh, in the household um, and help his partner out. Uh, so we practiced uh, how to be more willing around some of the paranoia and anxiety that naturally came up in, those situ- in that situation uh, and actually practiced this uh, easing off and not struggling and fighting with it as he went to the grocery store as an example of some of what we did. Okay, so this would be an example of what we would call psychological flexibility in, yeah. in ACT, that um, whatever comes up, as long as you know it's a private event, if it's your thoughts or feelings, to uh, find some flexibility around it uh, mm-hmm. could help you to actually take steps like go to the store. If you can get a little flexible around these experiences, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So rather than maybe doing what would normally happen on automatic pilot to get really locked down uh, and inflexible, we're helping him add in some different ways of being with this experience. Uh, so then he can do a little more about what he wants to do. So, so how did it go for Tom? Well, so actually at the end, he uh, uh, when we finished our sessions, he still experienced some voices uh, and still experienced some paranoid thoughts. Uh, but at the same time, he'd returned to work. Uh, he said his relationship was much, much better with his girlfriend. Um, and he made this comment at the end, which I think really summed up to me, uh, act for psychosis work. Uh, he said that it, was, it wasn't that these experiences were completely gone. They were still there. But he was just too busy, too busy with other things in his life to really have time for these experiences. Well, that kind of captured something for me in, the, in this kind of work. Yeah, it did. It sounds like you you both worked with actually. How do you relate to uh, symptoms or or the experiences that you helped him get more flexible around that, and you also helped him to get um, into the life that actually gave him uh, uh, meaning. Yeah, that was it. So it's yeah. like two parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that real kind of key part about, yeah, being more flexible and, and being able to do more of the things that are important to him. Uh, and oftentimes I find people with psychosis, uh, because of these overwhelming nature of these experiences, uh, it can be easy to let these things slip off the radar and not be doing the things that matter to them. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, these things can be pretty scary and overwhelming. Yeah. So, Joe, if, if we had a person here right now um, together with us talking – uh, who is distressed either because um, he is seeing or hearing things that others are not experiencing or maybe has someone in their family with these symptoms. Um, what kind of advice could you give this person to help them go from hurt to hope? Yeah. So I, I think a key thing, a really key message is that uh, people are not alone in, in this experience. Uh, and actually these problems are surprisingly common. Um, and people from all walks of life uh, do encounter them. Uh, and a lot of the time people uh, ha- have a feeling that they're the only one who going, who's going through an experience like this. Um, and uh, that can prevent them from uh, perhaps getting some of the help that they need. 
these experiences, yeah, they're, they're distressing and, and can be quite tough. And it's, it's a thing that people need uh, some help together with, with uh, a team of people around them to help them move through the experience in a successful way. I guess one of the other things I'd say is that because of the nature of the experiences, people often uh, hold off on getting help early um, and perhaps could get a help if, if they were to uh, make contact with people uh, without waiting for so long, uh, would, would make things a little easier. So in my experience, is, it's one of the really important thing to get help as soon as possible. Okay. How about this, which you were talking about of, of being a little easier on yourself, maybe showing a compassion uh, both to a person in your family or yourself that whatever is experienced doesn't um, sh maybe should not get in the way of acting in a loving, compassionate way towards yourself or to your family. Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, these are these are common experiences that a lot of people go through, uh, and holding on to that sense of compassion, uh, uh, both for other people and for oneself, is, is super important. Uh, and easing off on some of that fight and struggle that goes along with this uh, and be able to make uh, a little bit of room and space, even for those really difficult parts of our experience. It's so important. That sounds good, Joe. Well, we've come to the end of the program, so I want to thank you for join, joining us on today's program. Oh, it's been great. Thanks very much for having me. You've been listening to Dr. Joe Oliver, who's a clinical psychologist in London, uh, working within an early intervention program for the a psychosis service, which is part of the South London and Maudsley NHS Foundation. We've learned that it's uh, not the symptom itself, in this case, having some extraordinary experience that causes problems for people, but rather how they relate to these symptoms. In other words, hearing voices or seeing things that others don't see could be seen as just an interesting phenomena. It's only when you get engaged in or start fighting with the experience uh, that may rob you of the energy you need to stay in your valued life. So thank you for today's program. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Joanne, please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website button in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. You may also see her books, The Art of Science of Valuing in Psychotherapy, Living Beyond Pain, Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy to Ease Chronic Pain, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy for Chronic Pain, Values in Action, and Epilepsy, a Behavior Medicine Approach to Assessment and Treatment in Children. All of these are found easily by clicking the cover or going to Amazon.com. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope.